26, but clear. Old Sal is doing its job. <laughs> yes, sir. High school hockey tournament is underway. It is. Matamidi and uh, Mankato. Uh, East. East. Loyola. Loyola uh, nodded at two, two in the two third period. In the third period? Yes. And then you have uh, Orono coming up against uh, Litchfield. Dashel Cocado. Uh, is it Litchfield or Cocado? I'll look for you. It's right here. It's right Are you going to make it to any of the games? Do you know? They're on. If you don't make it to the games, they're all on 45, Channel 45. So Litchfield, Dassel, Cocado okay. versus Orono. And then Monticello and Hermantown at 6. And Thief River Falls, the Prowlers, uh, versus Alexandria at 8 p.m. There was a day when, uh, let me look at these clubs. There was a day when Thief River Falls would have been in the only, the, the one tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hermantown, there was a day when they would have been in just the one tournament. Uh, Matamida, I, I think, was fell a game short in 1967 to get into the main, the, the one tournament. Okay. All right. The Zeph. Zephyrs. You know what a Zephyr is? It's a slow-moving train. <laughs> no. No, it's yeah. a it's a light wind. It's a breeze. Oh, I was citing the uh, the Zephyr from Stillwater. Way are back. you are you aware of the in the Wild had a, a big night last night, didn't they? Yes, scored a flurry of goals. Uh, uh, I watched that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you aware of the Doomsday Clock? Yes, very aware of that it uh, it fluctuates or gets closer to midnight uh, depending on uh, a cert. I'm not sure what the criteria is. But it, every once in a while, it uh, it pokes well, there, its ugly there's head a off. guy who's the keeper of the clock. Right now, he's been charged with sexual misconduct. Oh no! We can't even have a doomsday gonna... clock without I this. You're going to give us some news about Arizona State University professor <laughs> Lawrence Krauss, internationally known as an outspoken atheist. I don't know what that has to do with the doomsday clock, right. and for his work on the symbolic doomsday clock has been put on paid leave by the university after allegations of sexual misconduct were published in a recent article. We can't even we can't even have predict our own doom. Our doomsday guys on double secret probation. Right, without the doomsday guy fooling around. Sure. You'd think a guy in charge of the clock would be on the up and up. Just uh, basically staring at at uh, different... Um, he's a sentry. Yes, he's, he's looking at different possibilities. Uh, he should never even be taking his eye off the clock. Where does someone in charge of the doomsday clock have time for hanky-panky, no, is what I want to know. You can't. You're the doomsday guy. You're the, you're you're the, the guy we rely on. Now, you cannot look at it. Nothing can distract you. Why am I yelling? Well, you're outraged. Well, you're sa- not outraged. You're saddened. The university is beginning a review of the professor's conduct. Well, the review was good or it was bad. In an effort to avoid further disruption, as the university continues to gather facts about the allegations, Krauss has been placed on paid leave and is prohibited for being on campus for the duration of the review, Arizona State said in a written statement. Does that mean no one is tending the clock? Yeah, meanwhile, what does that mean? The, the, the doomsday clock just ticks away? How do we know it's that inching closer and we don't have our guy to tell us? Yeah, because he's doing... He's a theoretical physicist. 
Uh, he, of course, denies the allegations, but they include nine allegations of inappropriate behavior or comments. Mm. Some, some more detailed than others. Oh, some are detailed, some are not. On Tuesday, Krauss resigned as chairman of the elite Bulletin of the Atomic Scientist Board. Uh, as you know, I have denied the story's allegations. Uh, the Bulletin of Atomic Science is perhaps most famous for its doomsday clock, a symbolic pronouncement issued each year based on whether the events of the previous year have pushed humanity closer or further. Actually, it would be farther, not further. Farther is distance, further is in addition to. Have pushed humanity closer or farther from destruction. He is 63, Krauss, a prolific author and speaker who was recruited to ASU in 08 to become the inaugural director of the Origins Project. The research project explores questions about origins of the universe, human origins, and origins of consciousness and culture. Hmm. This guy is a is the head doomsday clock guy. We can't even... <sighs> We can't even have a doomsday clock without allegations of sexual impropriety. I just, uh, I grow weary. I grow weary of the strife. Uh, it is common knowledge that celebrity attracts all forms of negative attention from many different angles, Krauss said. You know what that suggests? That there are doomsday groupies. <laughs> I, you know, I would see Krauss walking across campus. I wouldn't know he was the doomsday clock guy. But apparently, uh, you know, his celebrity status, uh, according to him, places him. Uh, He's kind in, of walking across campus with the up nod. He's well, got there, that there, little. There's doomsday groupies. Yeah. yeah. What? How we doing there, doomsday? <laughs> hey, oh, there's the doomsday week. guy. Yeah. Uh, huh. What up? Uh, the American Physical Society withdrew its invitation for Krauss to talk and participate in its April meeting in Columbus, Ohio. Just disappointment after disappointment, isn't it? You can't even have a doomsday clock. Bob? Joe, I have another take on this doomsday clock guy. Maybe he deserves our respect. I mean, if you know the end of the world is coming... I mean, why not fool around a little bit? I mean, what do you got to lose? So you're taking this as a sign. Oh, I I, uh, I think that guy's got a hit on his hands. <laughs> Just maybe a little false alarm, huh? Well, I don't know, but, you know. No, what you're saying, Bob, is he knows something we don't. Exactly. We yeah. can learn from this man, and, you know, I'm, uh, I am kind of lean that way. A lot of us guys don't need much of a nudge. That's, that's right. right. All right, thank you. All I'm right. just, uh, I'm amazed that this guy... <laughs> thinks he's a celebrity, and he said celebrity attracts these problems hey, from different uh, you know, angles. This, is, this happens to me all the time. I, I mean, what's his pickup line in a bar? You know, uh, you know what the doomsday? You ever heard of the uh, doomsday clock? And when you have to present I'm it. I'm the guy. Right. If you're telling people I'm the guy, what, what do you think about me now? Yeah. It's not going to work. I mean, he gets recognized, like you said, walking across campus with his um, his his patched elbows on his uh, his sport coat. And the and the cords are screaming like Beatles fans. Yes, yes. Oh my God, I mean, there he is. Hey, hey, well, I gotta get out of here. Hey, you, how you doing, honey? Uh, we don't know what the. You ever heard of the clock? Right. The doomsday clock. Tick tock. 
Tick tock, hickory dock. Time's a wasting. That's me. <laughs> you know, I can make it look like it's about 10 minutes away. Tom? Hey, Joe. Hi. Couple things on this. First, my cartoon bubble pictures Krauss luring a co ed back to his office, and she says, Oh, I thought she said doomsday cloth. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't I think of that? Right. Yeah. No, yeah, you were supposed other... to set the clocks oh, back. Oh, no, Arnie. <laughs> one other thing, though, Joe, kind of on a serious note, I've actually followed Cross for years. He engages in a lot of theism versus science debates. Yeah. But one other thing, too, he's very outspoken against conservatives, yeah. particularly against the current administration. So there is a little bit of delicious irony in all this for I folks think so. like us. Yeah. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Uh, just a moment, please. The clock, which is not the doomsday clock, nevertheless rushes ahead. I need is it a sad day in the White House? It's uncertain days in the White House. Adult film star. I normally wouldn't discuss these kinds of matters, but I mean, even it's it extends to the doomsday clock guy. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's everywhere. You can't get away from it. Adult film star Stormy Daniels has sued the president, alleging that he never signed a non-disclosure agreement. The civil suit filed in L.A. and obtained by NBC News alleges that her agreement not to disclose her intimate relationship with Trump is invalid because... While both Daniels and Trump's attorney, Michael Cohen, signed it, Trump never did. So Daniels signed it and Trump's attorney signed it, but Trump never signed it. Stephanie Clifford, (laughs) known professionally as Stormy Daniels, signed both the agreement and a side letter agreement using her professional name on October 28, 2016, just days before the presidential election. Cohen signed the agreement the same day. The Hush Agreement, as it's called in the suit, refers to Trump throughout as David Dennison. Ah, You can't make this crap up, can you? Right, you cannot. And Clifford is Peggy Peterson. Ah. In the side letter agreement, the true identity of Dennis Dennison is blacked out, but Clifford's attorney, Michael Avenatti, said the individual is Trump. So they paid her 130 grand to keep quiet, right? What is he, Christian Gray? Pardon? Is he Christian Gray? I don't know. I don't know that reference. 50, I didn't read Fifty Shades. 50 Shades. Of Grey. I did. I, that didn't hold any appeal for me. I know you read it inside of Popular Mechanics. <laughs> yes, the chase they called it. Mm-hmm. According to the lawsuit, Clifford and Trump had an intimate relationship that lasted from the summer of '06 well into the year 2000. Uh, they met at uh, uh, allegedly at Lake Tahoe and at the Beverly Hills Hotel. It just sounds. Weird, doesn't it? The 2016 Hush Agreement... I'm, I'm getting to the point why I'm wasting your time with this. Okay. The 2016 Hush Agreement directed that hundred and thirty grand be paid into the trust account of Clifford's then-attorney. In return, Clifford was not to disclose any confidential information about Trump or his sexual partners to anyone beyond a short list of individuals she had already told about the relationship. Hmm. Uh and now they're alleging that the attempts to intimidate Ms. Clifford into silence and shut her up in order to protect Trump continue unabated. On or about Feb 27, 2018, 
That's just what, last week? Uh, yes. Mr. Trump's attorney, well, Mr. Cohen, surreptitiously initiated a bogus arbitration proceeding against Ms. Clifford in L.A., binding arbitration as specified as a means of dispute resolution. Uh, so what, what she wants, apparently, is to declare the Hush Agreement and the side agreement invalid because they were never formed and therefore do not exist because Trump didn't sign them. Hmm. In the alternative, plaintiff seeks an order of the court declaring that the agreements in the form set out are invalid, unforceable, and or void. The Trump, or the suit also says that Trump must know that Cohen is trying to silence Clifford since rules for the New York Bar, of which Cohen is a member, require him to keep his client informed at all time. It strains credulity to conclude that Mr. Cohen is acting on his own and without the express approval and knowledge of client Mr. Trump. Hmm. Okay, here here's my question. Yeah, what do you? Uh, what does she want? Does this? Does she have to give back the hundred and thirty grand? In other words, they paid her a hundred and thirty grand, which she apparently accepted, and then they dilly dally over the fact that David Dennison, A.K.A. never never signed it. So so what is she? Uh, is she out to bring him down or to get more money? Uh, book contract? What? Why? It's a good question. I don't. Uh, her, does she still have a career? I, I don't no know idea. anything about her. I have no idea. Well, uh, I guess okay. Here, Avenatti, the in, uh, her attorney now says okay. uh, uh, said during an interview yesterday or today on the show today. What's that? One of the morning shows. Uh, today's show would be at 11, Channel 11, NBC. Said the suit, if successful, would allow his client to tell her story. She believes it's important that the public learn the truth about what happened, he said. I don't need to know. I don't really care to know. I don't want to know. He said, I think it's time for her to tell her story and for the public to decide who is telling the truth. Why? Do I care? Uh, we don't care. Uh, White House did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Uh, Trump's outside attorney, John Dowd, declined to comment. In January, Cohen told NBC, these rumors have circulated time and again since 2011. President Trump once again vehemently denies any such occurrence, as has Ms. Daniels. He has acknowledged the payment, but has repeatedly declined to tell NBC News what it was for. Trump has never addressed the alleged allegation, the alleged relationship publicly, and White House spokesperson Raj Shah told members of the press he had never asked the president about the alleged relationship. Clifford had previously given conflicting accounts of a relationship with Trump. Clinton, Clifford alleges that in January, Cohen concerned That's the truth. Freudian slip there. What you said, Clinton? Did I? <laughs> Yes. Clifford alleges that in January, Cohen concerned with that truth would be disclosed through intimidation and coercive tactics force. Ms. Clifford into signing a false statement wherein she stated the reports of a relationship with Trump were false. I don't know what they want, but she wants to tell her story. Why? And I don't know. To what, what story do you have to enlighten me between you two knuckleheads? What? What? Am you I know what I want to know are? about that? Nothing. Hey, what do you think about that whole uh, Trump Stormy Daniels deal? Don't ask me. <laughs> I, I really don't care. Nothing. Uh, well, 
Nobody, yeah, and nobody where cares. nothing surprises me. Well, well right, but that's... Uh, if I mean, he, the doomsday clock guy's got, you know. Okay, if he liked to get smacked in the rear end with some magazines... That I don't know uh, anything about eight either. Year, whatever it was, yeah. uh, that's his own that private problem. Is what she allegedly did to him? I, I thought that's what I heard. Uh, but I, I don't know for sure. Uh, I, and you know. I, you know what? I don't need to hear about that. Yeah. I mean, what would be what would be to tell? Well, I don't uh, know. He reddens quickly. <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, just a, uh, a a quick update on uh, the Matamidi Zephyrs versus uh, Mankato East. Yeah, I turned off the TCL TV here in the TCL broadcast studio, so you'll have to keep me updated. I will. When we come back, well, I'll let Johnny Hyde update us. How's that? Uh, all right. She's a porn star, <laughs> and he's whatever he is. What story could there be? What possible story? You you don't think Johnny's taking a little twist on this that you, I didn't. You don't think that she's going to make millions of dollars telling her story? I suppose this is America, Joe. Come on, but again, she will make millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Who would buy it? Oh, not I me. think I think you guys are a little naive. Is it like uh, Donald Trump, President Trump, walking into fourteen B saying? I couldn't believe my luck. Exactly. One of my favorite actresses just happened to be reading a selection of magazines. Here's John Hyde. Thanks, Joe. Sunny at 26 degrees. This update brought to you by the Duluth Trading Company. Visit Duluth Trading Company stores in Fridley, Bloomington, Woodbury, and downtown Duluth. State hockey tournament action underway today. Quarterfinals in Class A. The first game is over. Matamidi with a 4-2 win over Mankato Ooh, East Loyal. My Zephyrs pulled it out. I will say this. It was 2-2 two to two late into the third period, and the shots on goal reflect how good the goalie from Mankato was. 34 shots on goal by your Zephyrs. Total or third uh, period? Uh, total. Yeah, that's and a lot. in the last minute or two, that's when they scored the third and fourth goal. All right. Hmm. So it was very close up until that point. Underway shortly, Litchfield, Dassel, Cocado takes on Orono, and then tonight, Monticello and Hermantown, and Thief River Falls and Alexandria. Eric Stahls. Are we doing the hair thing this year? I'm sorry, that's Johnny. Good, I didn't look at the question. intros. Did Matamita have the bleached hair? Please tell me they did not. Did not see that. Are we having the flow going? The flow? Oh, the... I'm, I'm sure you have to, our yeah. guy is going to be working on it, our hockey hair guy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Eric Stahl's second goal of the night for Minnesota capped a franchise record flurry to start the second period, and the Wild cruised to a 6-2 win over Carolina last night. Devin Dubnik with 29 saves. Uh, Nino Niederreier, Zach Parisi, Daniel Winnick, and Stahl scored in a span of 3 minutes and 28 seconds, the fastest four-goal stretch in Wild history. Huh. Next up, the Wild play at Vancouver on Friday, followed by a back-to-back game at Edmonton on Saturday. Twins playing Boston this afternoon in exhibition baseball. The Twins got out quick, scored four in the first inning. They now lead 5 to nothing in the fourth inning. Logan Morrison, two for two with an RBI. Miguel Sano has an RBI double. And Jake Odorizzi uh, pitching well again in his second start of the spring. Uh, the new Twins arrival, three innings, one hit, no runs. News notes from today. Governor Mark Dayton is proposing $21 million in new funding for security enhancements, uh, enhancements and mental health improvements in Minnesota schools. That proposal includes giving schools dedicated funds for improvements like bulletproof glass and secure entrances. The plan would also expand mental health services in schools and direct school districts to share information on expelled students. Dayton separately this morning called for stricter gun laws like expanding background checks and raising the age to buy assault weapons to 21. 
The House Education Finance Committee did take up two school safety bills yesterday but did not vote on either one. One bill addressed mental health in schools. The other addressed school security needs. According to Minnesota Department of Safety records, thousands of Minnesotas have their driver's licenses suspended during any given year for some violations that started out as minor traffic violations or parking citations. Now, State Representative John Lesh of St. Paul said most of those offenders did not pay those fines, paid them too late, or couldn't afford to pay them. He said when the fines go unpaid, it can lead to suspensions, license revocations, and in some cases, criminal arrests. He says he's introduced a bill. This session, that would erase some of what he describes as aggregated fines and give judges more discretion to dismiss or reduce the penalties. Lesh said we get consequences for some people who spend 30 days in jail because they didn't pay a traffic fine, and that is not what we want in Minnesota. You know, I'm not going to name any names, but uh, my oldest brother may have had a little relationship <laughs> with the uh, Ramsey County Sheriff in about maybe 1983 or four. Uh, <laughs> unpaid tickets. For unpaid tickets, yeah. We thought I don't know where to be on this. On the one hand, I agree that it seems a bit harsh to withdraw your license because you didn't pay a traffic ticket. On the other hand, aren't you just uh, accommodating the lowest common denominator? And saying, you know what, you you aren't uh, competent enough to pay your tickets. So therefore, in my brother's case, yes, it's the latter. <laughs> yeah, it was the latter when his uh, college years. Florida school shooting suspect Nicholas Cruz has been formally charged with 17 counts of first-degree murder. That could mean a death sentence if he's convicted. A grand jury in Fort Lauderdale returned the indictment today against the 19-year-old Cruz for the Valentine's Day massacre at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, where 17 people died and 16 were wounded. Cruz's public defender has said he'll plead guilty if prosecutors take the death penalty off the table, which would mean a life prison sentence. Broward County State's attorney hasn't announced a decision yet on the death penalty. Police now think a nerve agent was used to deliberately poison that former Russian double agent and his daughter. Britain's top counterterrorism officer announcing that today. Michigal, uh, excuse me, Sergi Skripal, once a colonel in Russia's GRU military intelligence service, and his 33-year-old daughter, Yulia, were found slumped unconscious on a bench outside a shopping center in the southern English city of Salisbury on Sunday afternoon. Both remained critically ill, and a police officer who attended the scene is also in serious condition at the hospital. Raleigh declined to elaborate on the specific nerve agent, nor would he give specific details about how it was used. England's chief medical officer said the incident posed a low risk to the wider public. They wouldn't say much about the investigation, but a U.S. security source, speaking on condition of anonymity, said the main line of police inquiry was that Russians may have used the substance against Skripal in revenge for his treachery. He betrayed dozens of Russian agents to British intelligence, Before his arrest by Russian authorities in 2004, he was sentenced to 13 years in prison in 2006 after a secret trial. But in 2010, he was given refuge. (laughs) The secret trial. If you want to learn about Putin's Russia, I've told you this a hundred times. Read the nonfiction book by Bill Brower, Red Notice. It's all you need. You you will become educated. Putin's not the nicest guy, is he? Foul, foul place. In 2010, Skripal was given refuge in Britain after being exchanged for Russian spies caught in the West as part Didn't of Didn't he say, John, that he'd rather would have remained in jail? Uh, I did not see that. He, he thought he that did, if yeah. he remained in jail, he would not have been poisoned. Mm. Yeah, he's probably right. Gary Cohn, the White House's top economic advisor, announcing late yesterday he was leaving the administration amid a major internal clash over President Trump's pivot toward protectionist trade policies. Cohn had been a link between the Trump administration and the business community. 
His resignation as National Economic Council Director will leave the White House without a financial heavyweight who business executives and foreign leaders believed had served as a counter to Trump's impulses and as a moderating force in other areas. The president, for his part, has tweeted uh, he has many folks who would like the position. He will appoint one soon, he said. Lawyers for that anonymous New Hampshire woman who won the 559.7 Powerball uh, dollar, excuse me, million dollar Powerball jackpot have announced she's giving some of the winnings to charities that feed hungry children and help girls in the state. In a news conference this morning, New Hampshire Lottery Commission handed over the winnings to the woman's lawyers. Lawyers also announced she would give $150,000 to Girls Inc., 33000 each to three chapters of N68 Hours of Hunger. She's really laid it on there pretty thick, <laughs> huh, for this... Uh, I knew you were going to say yeah. that. So she won. What did she make? $560 million. Before taxes? Uh, before, before everything. T- she probably pulled home at about 270 I think that one was. And so far, let's see, she's given away 249000 Hey, huh? you got to start somewhere <laughs> with that philanthropy. <laughs> the woman will get her money as a legal fight over I releasing. I think they should just name her just for that. <laughs> that actually is in court right now, the legal fight to identify. Why are you ripping her? She's giving money away. What do you want her to do? Do you have a, a figure in mind yeah, that she should be yeah, giving? More than that. All right. <laughs> For all the trouble and the, the, the pain in their butt she must be, and she's saying, look at what I'm doing. I'm giving all this money mm. 33 grand and 150. Come on. The illegal fight over releasing her identity. Yeah, I can see you going down the street in a flatbed truck just throwing money <laughs> off the just, back. Just to show people yeah. that I can do it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that will. Uh, but you'd listen to the show every day. Every day. You know what? I might even send you a card. Yeah. Every April 29th, yeah. when you're on your like 65th anniversary of the show, <laughs> and they're just wheeling you in here to hear you drool, I'm going to come by. I'm going to send you a card every April 29th. All right. Heck, uh, the deal rook. And I'm going to take you out for a mush dinner because yeah. you can't eat anymore and you're just going to eat mush, but I'm picking up the tab. <laughs> Got this all planned oh, out. I got it. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah, yeah. Give You've me, thought too hey, much about hey, this. Give my friend some more gruel Get over here, gruel. will you? And a. We'll give him a nice Manhattan, too. The uh, deal Rook and I have worked, at, worked out, he'd give me more money than this woman's giving to the charities. Yes, I think, yes, by far. Uh, the woman uh, still is in court. They're trying to see if they're going to identify her. The commission approved the payment to a trust the woman set up. Uh, she described herself as an engaged community member. The Powerball Prize was the second largest single winner in Powerball history, seventh largest in lottery history. 53-year-old Massachusetts woman uh, got a $759 million Powerball in fullback in 2017. Is Dave Dahl ready? Let's go. Joe Suchere. Dave Dahl's Wednesday afternoon forecast and garage logic brought to you by Robert W. Baird and Company. Here's Dave Dahl. Nice day, but a little chilly out there, Joe. Our winds are still fairly strong as well. The northerly at 14 makes it feel like it's 14 outside. The actual air temp is 26. Should make it to 28 for the afternoon high. Below the average, which is 37. Uh, tonight's going to get cold again, down to 13 with partly cloudy skies. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, still cool. High of 30. So quite a bit of sunshine into Friday. Friday, uh, partly sunny skies and 34 for the high then. Saturday, some light snow develops late, 37. I think that snow after 3 or 4 in the afternoon. Probably not a, a big deal at this point, but it could have some small accumulations into early Sunday, and that could cause some problems with travelers. But temperatures stay in the mid-30s uh, on Sunday even. Upper 30s Monday, and then low 40s to mid-40s for Tuesday and Wednesday. It warms up nicely. Wednesday, we're calling for a high of around 45 with part of the cloudy skies, so a lot of melting again early next week. Until that time, Joe, we have a low tonight going down to about 13. Right now we're at 26. All right, thank you. We love our mysteries, don't we? 
Oh, yeah. Mysteries are fun to figure out. Amelia Earhart. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bermuda Triangle, all that stuff. We have a scientist now who's 99% sure that he has discovered Amelia Earhart. A scientific study claims to shed new light on the decades-long mystery. Richard Jantz, an emeritus anthropology professor at the University of Tennessee, argues that bones discovered on the Pacific island of Nukumaroro in 1940 were likely the remains of Earhart. Hmm. The research contradicts a forensic analysis of the remains in 1941 that described the bones as belonging to a male. The bones, which were subsequently lost, continue to be a source of debate. Earhart, of course, was trying to fly around the world. She disappeared with navigator Fred Noonan, Freddie Noonan. Yep, Noons. The Nooner. On uh, July 2, 1937, during a flight to from uh, Papua New Guinea to Howland Island in the Pacific. Uh, where does it get to the mystery here? One publicized theory is that Earhart died a castaway after landing her plane on the remote island of Nikumaroro, a coral atoll 1,200 miles from the Marshall Islands. Some 13 human bones were found on Nikumaroro, also known as Gardner Island. Well, why don't you tell me that before so I didn't have to pronounce Nikumaroro? Gardner Island. Call it Gardner is what I'm doing. In 1941, the bones were analyzed by Dr. David Hoodless, principal of the Central Medical School, Fiji. However, Jantz, the guy from Tennessee, he says that modern analysis techniques may have delivered a different result, particularly with regard to gender. When Hoodless conducted his analysis, forensic osteology was not yet a well-developed discipline, he explains in a paper published in the journal Forensic Anthropology. Evaluating the methods with reference to modern data and methods suggests that they were inadequate to his task. This is particularly the case with his sexing method. Therefore, his sex assessment of the Nikumaroro bones cannot be assumed to be correct. Woodless used 19th century forensic science science and described the bones as possibly belonging to a short, stocky, muscular European, according to Jantz. The 1941 analysis described the remains belonged to a male, around 5 feet 5 inches. Hmm. Earhart's pilot's license, however, recorded her height as 5 feet 8, and her driver's license is 5 7. Photos also show Earhart's slender frame. Noonan was 6 and a quarter, 6 feet quarter inch tall. Jantz says that the method used by Hoodless underestimated height compared to modern techniques. Well, come on, Jantz. You've got to have some bones to look at. Yeah. I mean, I want to believe you, but let's go here. Why do we want to? I mean, I guess we want to know what happened. Hoodless used three criteria. The ratio of the femur circumference, the angle of the femur and pelvis, and the subpubic angle, which is formed between two pelvis bones. The subpubic angle is wider in women than in men. Jantz says that the subpubic angle is the most reliable of hoodless criteria, but even that is subject to considerable variation, much of which was little understood in 1941. Okay. The scientists also compared hoodless measurements to data from 2,776 other people, as well as studying photos of Earhart and her clothing measurements. This analysis reveals that Earhart is more similar to the Nikumaroro bones than 99% of the individuals in a large reference sample, said Jantz. This strongly supports the conclusion that the Nikumaroro bones belonged 
to Amelia Earhart. I don't know. Do we go with this guy? Uh, it's pretty vague. I mean, it doesn't... Well, it sounds like it has some stuff going for them and some stuff not going. It's a little bit of both. Uh, despite Jantz's skepticism about the 1941 analysis, some modern scientists have backed up the hoodless results. While some people are convinced that Niku Mororo is Earhart's final resting place, another theory suggests she met her end on Millie Atoll in the Marshall Islands. Last year, controversy swirled around a photo that was touted as providing a vital clue as to Earhart's fate. I remember the photo, and we yeah. went through this again. It was a photo of some people on a pier in the uh, South Pacific. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 and from behind, one of them... Uh, undeniably look like Earhart, but who knows? Why can't we accept the fact that 75% of the earth is water and she's a goner? Why, uh, why, why can't we accept that? I don't know. If you don't see any plane wreckage, how can you, uh, legitimate plane wreckage, how can you see, how can you think that she would be on the island? You'd have to find something. She's in the water. That's, that's what my theory is. You know, she was a cutie. She was kind of a cutie. Can I say that? Uh, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. She would. Uh, I mean, she was vivacious. Today, she'd wanna... she, was, she was cutie. What's kind of a tomboy yeah. cutie? Uh, they also found a pocket knife on that island, and that was the kind of knife that was uh, on the log of the equipment in her airplane. Hmm. But uh, I still think, you know, for Pete's sake, uh, the South Pacific is so vast, and my plane is so small. Uh, I. I I'm I'm at peace with the idea that she ditched that sucker in the drink. I forgot that she went to um, Central. What? St. Paul Central. I had uh, too. I had heard that before, and now um, early years. Let's go down to early years, childhood. Really? Uh, or does it say that she went into? Just like Marjorie Stoneman Douglas was born in Minneapolis. We got a lot of people that were. Uh... I don't think Earhart went to Central High School. Where are you getting that? Uh, Wikipedia. Well, read it. Read me the sentence. Well, I, I, it just—it's listed here. It says. I mean, a lot of towns have central high schools. Yeah. So you got to see St. Paul, Minnesota. All right. It says, uh, education: Hyde Park Academy High School, nineteen sixteen. That's St. Paul Central High School, Columbia University. But it doesn't go into. Uh, when I click on the Wikipedia, I'm trying to find where uh, it lists that she was. Uh, born and spent time in Minnesota. All right. Well, here during I'll the do break, it. I will. I'll do it. Uh, yeah. Let's both do it. Okay. Amelia's father bounced around in the railroad business, and ah. they did end up here. And it sounds like it looks like she went to St. Paul Central for her junior year. Then she was taken to the city of Chicago, and went to Hyde Park. High school. Uh, we can claim her. Uh, we'd St. have Paul to. Central, we're claiming her. Yeah. And and uh, uh, she was born in Atchison, Kansas, mm. to a very prominent, uh, her, her maternal grandfather was very prominent judge and a banker and the whole deal. Okay. And uh, she uh, she took early, uh, had an early fondness for a flight. So her first plane at the Des Moines, at the Iowa State Fair. And was offered a ride in it by her dad, but she didn't want to take a ride in it because she thought it looked too rickety. <laughs> and she was only 39 when she disappeared then. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. But anyway, uh, it, it's going to come up once a year that somebody's got a new theory on where she where she put down finally. Uh, I'll, I'll take the ocean. The ocean claimed her, and uh, 
Yeah. I'll, I'm fine with that. She, uh, I she did her best. You know what? She did her best. Yeah, she did her best. She was a pioneering aviatrix. And uh, we're, we're glad to claim her. And she and the Nooner went down into the deep blue beyond. So God love Together her. forever. Right. 1500. Got it. ESPN is KSTP St. Paul, Minneapolis. Do you have a score on the second uh, Class A game? Uh, just underway. No score yet between Litchfield and Orono. We will update you, keep you updated, and uh, we'll also tell you that currently it is 26 degrees. Garage Logic will return.